let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit us at biblestudy.aspzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study today. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for watching over us, protecting us, keeping us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the instruction that is contained there. And we ask you to give us wisdom and understanding as we enter in, that we may be able to partake of the instruction. Please forgive us of our sins, Lord, and help us that we will desire to apply ourselves to what we will find. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's study is devotional, is entitled, Bear One Another's Burdens. Bear One Another's Burdens. Our passage for this study, Galatians 6 verse 2, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, the bearing of burdens as discussed here in Paul's epistle to the Galatians is not primarily a physical one. But as we have learned in the past, scripture deals with the holistic person. So it is not uncommon to find that this can be applied in secular, physical, material ways in addition to spiritual. But the primary context of this is spiritual, at least as it was articulated here, and that's what we'll focus on for today. Looking at Galatians 6 verse 1, in fact, we'll go from 1 through 10, because this is all kind of related. Here's what Paul wrote. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Right, so he's saying if someone has made a mistake, has gotten caught up in something that is sinful, those who are spiritually minded, those who are connected to Christ, should endeavor to help that person get back into the fold of grace get back in harmony with God and the brethren. And they should do that considering their own frailties, right? When someone has made a mistake, yes, they need to be confronted about the mistake, but there are lots of ways to confront people, and many of them are not good. There are ways to approach someone and get them to understand their situation. Think of David and the prophet Nathan. 
when David has sinned in the situation with Bathsheba, and Nathan comes to him, Nathan doesn't just come railing on him. Nathan comes prudently with a a story, parable, as it were, in order to get David to recognize and condemn the situation independently of thinking of himself, right? So David looked at the scenario that was before him and thought this scenario is unjust. And when David pronounces the judgment on the scenario, then Nathan follows and says, you're the man. Now, a lot of times when we hear that in our heads, we hear, thou art the man. And I'm pretty sure that Nathan did not do that, right? I'm pretty sure that he responded in a, in a way that was an acknowledgement. He wasn't ashamed to say it. He wasn't shy from saying it. But he also wasn't being disrespectful, right? And too often we view these types of confrontations in the worst possible light, someone winning, someone losing. But when you're confronting someone about something that they're doing wrong and you're trying to get them to do right, how you do that, how open and receptive and compassionate you are with that says a lot about what their response will be. You can't control their response. Everyone is entitled to a response and they're going to make one. They have freedom of choice. But you can provoke and you can influence and you can appeal. There are different ways that you can tug at them to get a response that is more favorable. And we have to think about our own frailty, our own weakness, and, and our own response if someone came at us strong. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law is about doing good. At the end of the day, the law is about doing good. It's about avoiding evil, but not by doing nothing, but by doing good. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Right? So don't be vicariously living through other people's successes. The things that you're responsible for, you can evaluate them to understand that you're doing your work well. And you should be you should be willing and ready to acknowledge when other people's contributions have been beneficial to you being able to do your work well. Right? You don't want to be that guy who speaks of every project that he has worked on, whether in the secular context or in a religious context and behaves as though he were the only person present for the whole thing. Look at this great building that I built. Even, even uh, Nebuchadnezzar's claim, is not this the great Babylon that I have built? You'd be surprised if, if Nebuchadnezzar picked up a hammer at all. Again, sure, sure, as king, he gets to take credit for things that he commissions and that he oversees in some fashion. But the fact remains that we should be 
able to look at work that we've done and to be pleased about it in the same way that we see God at the end of every day of creation, evaluating the work that he did and making sure that it was good. And at the same time, we should be able to understand and respect other people's involvement in the work that we've done. And God gives us an example there too. It is very interesting that in many cases, God attributes to his people the success that God is the one who provided. Okay? Look at how many times the Bible tells us that Moses, who led the children of Israel out of Egypt, it was God who led them out of Egypt. But God is willing to say that Moses did it. God is willing to say that David was victorious against his foes. God is willing to to exalt us. So there's no need for us to get big-headed. God is willing to exalt us. If we acknowledge him, he acknowledges us. Verse 6, Galatians 6, 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate with him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, you can't fool God. In fact, he's going to get into it a little bit more detail in verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Important passage here. Jesus said it in a different way, but essentially laying up for yourself treasures in heaven is this verse. That's what these two verses are saying. Lay up spiritual, focus on the spiritual, because the material is going to degrade, it's going to decay, it's going to corrupt. If all your focus is on the flesh, then eventually you're going to get rust and corruption and degradation and mold. But if you focus on the spiritual, that is unto life eternal. Verses 9 and 10 of Galatians 6. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Right? So the Bible encourages us to persistence and endurance. As we have, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, and in fact, the word men is supplied, so it's basically unto all, all persons. Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. What's very important about this passage, this verse in particular, verse 10, Paul is talking about, in the beginning here, he's, he's talking about proving your own work, taking credit for your work, not other people's work bearing each other's burdens, mostly in a spiritual context, but does not eliminate physical. And how God is not fooled, so if we put all of our effort in the physical material realm, ultimately we're going to get corruption and rust and whatever. We may get gains, we may get physical gains, material gains for a time, but ultimately that stuff is all going to wear away and rust and be destroyed. We should focus on the spiritual. We should not get tired in doing well, doing what is good. 
because there will come a time where we reap what we've sown. And because of all of that, verse 10 sums it up. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men. And the good there is not limited to the spiritual, but it clearly covers the spiritual. Especially to those who have the household of faith. And I'm going to say a note on this before we wrap up here. Sometimes we treat church like a club and we only take care of people who are in the club. Other times, we look at evangelism from the perspective of we've got to bring people in, but we pay no attention to people once they've been brought in. So we only focus on those who are outside. All of our programs and planning and everything is for those on the outside. Or we don't do anything outside. We just huddle together and whoever's been blessed to come in, we support them. Paul says here, as you have opportunity do good to all, but especially those who are in the house, right? It doesn't make any sense for those who are in the household of faith to be ignored and to go unhelped. So we should bear one another's burdens. But at the same time, we should outreach, okay? We need to outreach. And when people have been brought in, we also need to take care of them. And that includes bearing their burdens, both physical and spiritual. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have of studying your word. We thank you for this message from the Apostle Paul to the church in Galatia. Help us always to be alert and attentive to help anyone that we can and help us not to ignore those of the household of faith. Please bless us, Lord, and help us to be diligent and help us in our secular material labor that will also be profitable to all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom podcast, where Robert and I discuss Bible stories and topics together. Both of these podcasts can be found on over a dozen platforms, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please remember our ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word. Thank you.